0: Good morning. It's yet another Wednesday, another Doc of the Rock, but today a very, very special Doc of the Rock. As it's the first one I'm going to have the pleasure of doing in person for almost a year. Again, we have Drs. Jones and Theobald as our guests, and both with their smiling little faces are live in the studio today. Uh, What an amazing turn of events it has been. Seven weeks ago, we had the director of the CDC virtually crying while talking about whether or not we could get the virus under control uh imploring people to go out and get vaccinated and then three weeks ago she was back telling us to stay the course keep distancing keep masking and uh projecting it was going to be a long summer for us that we were you know close to getting this thing under control but that she was still urging people to get vaccinated and then just last week right after last week's show uh, we had this giant announcement from the cdc that uh sort of opened the floodgates and released the uh Release the vaccinated people to almost a normal sense of life again with some restrictions. Um, mandates were out the window. Uh, it, it seemingly, you know, there were some exceptions for group settings and for transportation, business settings. Uh, but we can see our families. We can hug our friends. We can go into a store or maskless. We can go to a restaurant um, for those of us who are vaccinated. The question remains, what should the protocols be for those who don't have a vaccination? Um, so the feeling for a lot of us was normal was back. Some of us over a year were rejoicing, and some of us, after a year hunkering down, are pretty skeptical and wary of, bear, of coming back too soon. How do we as a family navigate what's happening? How do we as an individual navigate what's happening? What do you do as a business? What do you do as a group? What do we do as a community to try and get back to normal other than just throw the gates open and go back to normal? Those are some of the things we're going to be talking about this morning. The good doctors are here again to answer your questions. If you have questions, call us up, 486-3181, or shoot me an email at lowdown at kmxt.org, and we'd be glad to take your questions on the air. Today, again, Dr. Shanna Theobold from the Kodiak Ambulatory Care Clinic and Dr. Evan Jones from Cana are here
1: Good morning. Good morning. Well, it's nice to be back in person. Isn't it great?
0: <laughs> I mean, isn't like getting there just such a wonderful? It's it's so nice to see faces. It's just great.
1: Yeah, we won't take it for granted again after this.
0: Yeah. So, what's your take on it? You know, um, did it did it come to you as a shock last week when the protocols were seemingly just relaxed for? It didn't seem like it was going in that direction three
2: weeks ago. It was a bit of a surprise to me. I thought it would be a long protracted, of, and eventually, I, I wasn't expecting an announcement anytime soon. I was thinking maybe October would be about the time we'd be talking about, let's let's ease things up. Um, you know, the debate about whether it's too early or not early enough, it, It's 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 tough it's tough to put a a time on when this transition should take place and whatever people think i i feel like still be responsible if you got if you got cold like symptoms go and throw a mask on it's socially acceptable to wear a mask now it was weird before we can become a little bit more like the japanese who whenever they get a viral illness they throw a mask on and and they wear that through their viral illness um, at A&MC, they're questioning whether in the medical clinics, whether we'll ever take off mass. It's a tough one for me, but I do think because I, I think they're, they're citing the amount of RSV, uh, and flus going down over the past year, how, how far it went down for kids. And I agree with that, but unless we're doing it everywhere, I don't know how effective it is just wearing it in clinic, but I will say no matter what. Um, If you got a respiratory illness, whether it's COVID or not, it's not a bad practice to throw a mask on just to protect the people around you. Does it filter out every virus? We've had this discussion before. No, it doesn't, but it does help cut down on transmission and keeps you from rubbing your face so much and passing it on to others. But even to this day, you think about it, the people who don't like wearing masks are often the people who don't want to take a vaccination either. Um, I'm just asking those folks out there, if you have respiratory issues, um, wear a mask or just don't go out uh, because we don't know if you are carrying COVID or not. Um, and we've seen this experience. We were talking about the experience of Ketchikan earlier that um, it's been running through that town pretty rampant again right now. And it's, it's a town about the size of Kodiak and it's been exploding there.
1: Yeah, and their vaccination rate is similar to ours there. They have 60% of their residents vaccinated, we have 63%. So the percentage that we're at with our vaccines doesn't necessarily mean that COVID can't come back through here. And basically, you know, using the analogy of the forest fire burn up the rest of the kindling that's out there. Um, But the CDC made those recommendations based on all the data that has been coming in over the last few weeks, you know, we um, we're getting real world vaccination showing efficacy of greater than 90 percent and people who are vaccinated are much less likely to spread the virus on to others so there is really good there's a good reason why they're saying if you're vaccinated you can now kind of feel free to go out in public the tricky part with it is that if everybody's out in public without a mask you don't necessarily know if they've been vaccinated or not and there is still some risk for the people who um, either maybe are higher risk or have children who can't get the vaccine or family members with more comorbidities still. So we do ask the community to really kind of honor that. It's, it's basically based on the honor system at this point to get your vaccine or wear a mask if you're in public.
0: The, the 63% is a percentage of the people of the total population or a percentage of the people who are eligible to
1: get the vaccine? Who are eligible to get the vaccine, yeah, and that's uh, at least one dose. So that's not full, but we're closer to around, I think, 48 to 50% for fully vaccinated.
0: So we've got 10,000 people in town eligible to get a vaccine, for instance. That's pretty easy math. You're saying, you know, 6,000 of us are vaccinated and this applies to you, the CDC rules. But there's 3,700 people who the rules don't apply to. So that that's a significant portion of the population to say there's different rules for you. I, I, I can't but think that this is a this is an incentive thing, you know. Of here's the benefits you get from getting a vaccine. If you don't, you know, if you're not vaccinated and you don't, you choose to take the benefits anyway, you're putting yourself at risk.
1: Yeah, Dr. Fauci addressed that. It is really a science-based. Um, the reasons why they changed, the, they updated it, is based on the science but it does also kind of serve as a incentive to get vaccinated. And the other thing about Ketchikan and the Seychelles, if you're, you know, following kind of some of the global news about COVID, people who are getting sick and hospitalized in these um, in the areas are basically those who have not been vaccinated. So 80 to 90% of the hospitalizations are unvaccinated. So the other kind of public health message is we really care about everybody in this community and getting yourself protected, getting your family protected. Um, that's the most important thing. And until until you've had the vaccine or have some type of immunity, you are still at risk for getting the virus, which is much, you know, has a lot of obviously bad side effects and downstream effects that we've talked about on the show many times.
0: Well, personally, I, I, I hate to even say this, but Ketchikan is an excellent opportunity for us to observe the results of Um, vaccination rather than um, the number was fairly astounding in that news story that 90 to 95 percent of the cases in Ketchikan now are from unvaccinated people so I would be really curious to find out what's happened to the five percent who were vaccinated as to the severity of their illness and whether they were hospitalized and whether there was something inherent in them that made them get, get con- contract the disease you know um, because there still are some 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 people who are vaccinated are being recommended to not open themselves up right away right I mean it's if you're taking medication for something that can compromise your immune system okay. um, I would I, I don't know how many other exceptions there are but I know that there are a significant amount of people who are pretty wary of this, you know? We've been through this for a year now, and and it just seems like opening things up right away, you're, you're gonna run into people who aren't gonna think that maybe that's not the best thing to do.
2: Yeah, it's a tough one. I've, I've heard from several people, they're like, man, we've been staying on top of this for so long. And now we're going to have people who just don't care going through the grocery store spreading the illness. Um, tough part. The, there comes a point where I do feel like that's okay. You're, you are vaccinated. Is it possible you could be one of those 5%? Yeah, it is possible. If you are immune compromised, you probably should be wearing a mask when you go into public places still. Um, Uh, and and a couple reasons for that Uh, just because you're immune compromised to begin with but also we don't know exactly how effective the vaccine is in immune compromised uh, people we're still working on the data for that seems to be pretty darn good but we're still working through that so there are some groups of people who still have to be careful but even in elderly people who we tend to think vaccines work don't work that great on this one works pretty well Um, and I I feel pretty pretty safe being around people, uh, without a mask at this point. Um, and it, it has cut down on flus. It has cut down on RSV. It it is true. We, I, I didn't have a single hospitalization this past winter for influenza, not even one. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I did have a lot of hospitalizations for, from COVID. Uh, but it, it kind of shows that this does work in cutting down disease. And you gotta figure out where the price versus, the cost versus benefit line is. And that's a tough, a tough, tough line to find. And so the CDC has made this decision, partly freeing people who are vaccine, who do have vaccines, because let's be honest, we've all been in the store and seen people who aren't wearing a mask anyway. And I'm willing to bet those people aren't vaccinated either. And so it kind of gives freedom to people who have done the right thing, uh, gives them permission to to not feel like they're breaking rules, because some people are are strong rule followers. I'm not, but But, uh, it does... Uh, give a little freedom to people who have gotten vaccinated and those who haven't gotten vaccinated. Well, a lot of them aren't following the rules anyway. I encourage them to look out for your neighbor a little bit. And when you do have illnesses, wear a mask anyway. Um, Even if you are vaccinated, it's not a bad practice to throw a mask on if you're if you're feeling pretty crummy.
1: And all of this is with a caveat as well we're still not driving this thing, as Dr. Ulsterholm likes to say, we're riding it. And as we've seen flare ups, I mean, Japan now, Taiwan, um, some other Asian countries like Vietnam, both of those countries, all three of those countries have been praised for how low they've kept their COVID numbers. They're all seeing flare ups and Japan is right now, right before the Olympics are trying to make a decision of whether to continue or not. So it can still, flare up and we don't know Dr. Olsterholm as an epidemiologist who studies all of this is saying there is a component that we just don't understand of this virus and it's mother nature and we kind of have to continue to keep our guard up even while we're opening back up keep our guard up and if we start to see cases rise in the community you know keep getting tested if you're sick even if you've had the vaccine because there are those breakthrough cases Um, and that just gives us more data of how you know it's playing out in our community um if we're seeing the numbers spike up again we're gonna ketchikan's locked back down a lot of these countries are implementing lockdowns again after hoping you know that we're through it on the end of the pandemic and we hope we are but we're still not sure that we are And there are, there are elements of this that just we're just not sure about yet so I think all of that, there is still that caveat that we do need to make sure we continue to prevent hospitalizations and you know Ill- preventable deaths from the virus, even as we're trying to move past it.
2: There does seem to be an element of chance playing into this too, because I, I told the story about my friend who's a nurse practitioner in Cambodia, that we are like, well, maybe there is something to the cybermectin and stuff because the country hardly got hit by COVID and very very little effects there where there's a high use of antiparasitic uh, medications which we know have a little bit of an antiviral effect too and so she theorized that you know maybe that's what's preventing it from running through this country and then uh, a month later it was just raging through cambodia
1: and still is
2: yeah and still is india same deal yeah. we kind of theorized that um, you know, maybe it is anti parasitic medications there. Maybe it's being in a hot, sunny place. Uh, it's really hard to say, but now they're having 4,000 deaths a day, and that's probably wildly undercounted um, because most people are too poor to even go to a physician, forget a hospital. They're too poor to get tested. And so it wouldn't, if somebody told me the death rate is closer to 30,000 a day, it would not be surprising to me at all. The Ganges River is clogged with bodies nice. right now, um, where they do the funerals. And I even look at, at at like Texas right now, really, frankly, great results. They released a lot of things early on. Is it because it's not a big deal or is it a little bit of luck? I don't know, I, I don't know what the answer is. I mean, I was predicting a little, I was like, that's a little premature what they were doing down there, on, I think on this show. Um, and frankly the results have been pretty good they really don't have a lot of disease spread they had the day with zero deaths uh, like yesterday and that's great Um, and I hope it stays that way I I, I don't want it to I don't want to be the person on the other side see I told you so I don't want that I want the best for them but it does worry me that it could really wipe through Texas because it has a very low vaccination rate and um, I, I think it could blossom there very quickly and, frankly, rage through Texas very quickly because there's nothing to really stop it. Yeah. Um, I look at Alaska, we were number one for vaccination. We've slipped all the way down to like 28th or something for vaccination rate. And there's no excuse not to have a vaccine here. And we've se- shown over and over and over that it does work. And I will say over and over again, that i've treated tons of people six months after getting covid i've yet to treat a single person from a vaccine issue not one Uh, i i had somebody stay in clinic for an hour after receiving the vaccine because she felt funny but i've yet to to treat somebody for a covid vaccine reaction Um, i'm not saying it doesn't happen but it's super rare Um, and so when people say, I'm so worried about what a vaccine is going to do to me. Yeah, it's possible, but it's super unlikely. It's been shown to be very safe. Um, and I, I've said it before, and I'll theorize again. I bet in the long run, we're going to look back and see this is safer than traditional vaccines. Yeah.
0: But, okay, a couple things. One, the variant, I mean, we, we've been dealing with pretty much one or two versions of covid throughout the past year now we see widespread um, movement of these new variants that are more serious and spread a lot quicker and that seems to be my biggest fear about it is that one of those will get into us and this slow rate that we've had all of a sudden blossoms into what we didn't want to happen because part of the reason for all the the lockdown and the was to preserve the the health community. Uh, so now it it does seem to me that by relaxing things so quickly, we're putting our health community at risk potentially.
2: It was a tough one for me early on when we locked down early because I was like I I think we might I I, will never know because it may have prevented a lot of illness. I felt like we jumped the gun a little bit on that. Personally, I know a lot of people in the medical community would disagree with me, um, but I I felt like, well, let's if we're going to flatten the curve, let's wait till we're above zero. We we were kind of locking down when we had zero cases in Kodiak and we had a lot of lockdown fatigue because of that um and kind of a little bit of loss of faith in the medical community i feel like because we locked down and it really there's like there's zero here um i i do feel like you have to let up a little bit i do feel like you got to let people live their lives at some point and life is inherently dangerous i actually had people upset at me uh because i said this i'm like nobody gets out of here alive <laughs> 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 it's <laughs> life is inherently dangerous and there are some risks that we take and, and part of uh part of freedom is, is saying I'm, I'm willing to take on some some risk uh you get to be as consci- conscientious as possible where where that line is is a tough thing do I think people should be allowed their own own guns yep I do but do I should think they should be able to shoot them down Rizanov well that's that sounds kind of dangerous for everyone um so where is the where is the right to bear arms line where do we say okay that's going too far and the same thing is true in the medical community how fa- how much freedom do we give people um to put before they're putting other people into too much danger um when we've relaxed these man- mask mandates um we're, we are putting people in danger. There's no doubt there's a chance that, that COVID could rip through this community in a matter of days before we even have a chance to react to it. Um, uh, but it's an inherent risk that we have to decide we're willing to take. Some people aren't excited about that risk, and I get it. Some people want the freedom, and I totally get that, too. It's, it's a hard line to find.
1: I attended the last Echo for medical providers for COVID-19 last night, which is of exciting there's a lot to celebrate right now we've gotten vaccines out very quickly you know we've gotten a, the percentage the majority of a percentage of our state vaccinated although we still have a long way to go to get everybody vaccinated um and the vaccine so that all the data that's come in show very clearly one there was a um, presenter last night from um, one of the um, scientific institutions i kind of jumped on late i don't know exactly where but he was excellent and he said People who got their community vaccinated before B117 and some of these other variants kind of flared up had a significantly decreased burden of disease compared to communities where B117 was already kind of raging through. So, the UK versus Alaska, for example. So, that made a huge difference. And all the data that's come in so far is showing really good efficacy especially of the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccines towards all of the variant you know the big kind of variants of concern that we're seeing right now the B117 B1617 um, B1617.2 out of those are both out of India um, anyway all of the vac- or all of the variants so far show that we're protected when we're vaccinated so part of the decision to go ahead and open up and you know get our healthcare workers protected is based on the science and the data that we have seen so far could that change yes could we start seeing you know, a variant that's resistant and starts kind of infecting or causing illness or more contagiousness in a population that's already been vaccinated? Yes, and I think at that point, that's when we need to say, okay, we're seeing something different here. We need to kind of change our plan and, and kind of stay on our toes and react accordingly. But at this point, I do feel that, you know, reading all the data about the vaccines, knowing that I have been protected with that and the infection once, I feel safe being out in the community and interacting with people, also with a word of caution. I think, you know, not, not a complete like free-for-all, let's go back to completely normal, but also knowing that I trust the science and i you know pretty sure that I am protected and we'll see how that plays out, yeah. <laughs> hopefully.
0: Well, so at 63% of the population, we're fairly comfortable than that we have the resources available if something came through to where we still would be able to manage
1: it. Exactly, and that's one of the other big kind of decision-making criteria is one of the big things is we don't want to overwhelm our healthcare system. We want to prevent as many unnecessary deaths and illnesses as possible, but exactly where, where do we draw that line, you know, in that gray kind of zone. But as far, I think that's one of our main goals as a community is just keeping our Community safe our healthcare workers safe and not overrunning our hospital system and I think we're in a really good position right now with that and the more people that get vaccinated the more of you that convince your family and friends to get vaccinated the better off we're going to be in the long run even as these variants play out
0: but we're we're doing it at a time when we haven't really had the time to vaccinate the new group right I mean the it just opened up two weeks ago for the 12 to 12 year olds and up and have we seen a civic significant increase in the amount of people who have come in and got shots in the last two weeks
1: I have vaccinated a lot of 12 to 15 year olds and I'm so proud of every single one of them every time we vaccinate them it just makes me so proud and also Dr. Zink posted on her Facebook I don't know if anyone got to watch this but um, the teens and I think it was Fairbanks or high school students in Fairbanks gave a or I, I could have the borough wrong gave a presentation on the vaccine the science behind it why it's safe for youth and it was so well done and a lot of parents were commenting like I was afraid to have my child vaccinated but now I feel fully confident and you know they're going to get vaccinated so I think the more information education that we get out and even teens to their peers families to each other um, the closer the sooner we will really reach that I would, herd immunity is a hard <laughs> term but basically the immune the protective immunity that where we have so many dead ends for the virus that it just can't continue to spread to the next person and the next person
0: and I heard a story on NPR yesterday about them doing trials on three-year-olds and four-year-olds yes. so it sounds like maybe in the early fall we're yep. going to be ready to vaccinate that whole group
1: phase um, two and three trials are in, are in development
0: um so where does that leave us now I mean you you uh, in your profession are one of those excluded groups let's say like planes and buses where uh, imagine your your safety level is a little bit higher than everybody
2: else's so how has it changed the way you're operating right now we continue to wear a mask in the clinic for all patients. We ask patients to wear a mask. Probably not supposed to say this, but some of our older people who struggle to breathe who I know are vaccinated, I tell them once we're in a room, I tell them, you can take your mask off. It's okay. Um, I'm sure that's against clinic policy. but um, Nobody's listening. Nobody listens. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, we, we do wear masks. I still... I've always been pretty conscientious about, uh, I've always been very conscientious about cleaning my hands uh, multiple times throughout the day, plus and between every patient. I clean my stethoscope. So some things just haven't changed, but some things were frankly in place before this even came along that we really tried not to be a source of infection in clinics. Uh, Probably the major difference is we're just wearing masks all the time.
1: Yeah, same. I, we do the same thing. If people are vaccinated in a room, I they don't have to wear their mask unless they want to continue. But yeah, we are continuing to wear masks in general in the clinic just because we don't know who's been vaccinated or not yet, and we don't want to you know, have any random chance that we would be the place of spread.
0: Okay. Let's try and – well, first, let's go to a basic. What is – Before I even get to that, though, something you said earlier um, brought this to my mind, which was we're very lucky in the United States in that we have these vaccines that have proven to be really effective, Um, although I'm not sure quite about the Johnson & Johnson and whether or not that is – is as effective as the other two that were commonly used Um, but other parts of the united states are not like alaska i mean the pfizer and moderna seem to be something that's available to us i mean but there there's a mix match of things going on in the u.s right
2: for the most part now across the u.s you can get a vaccine of your choice um we're actually reaching saturation of people willing to get the vaccine more than anything when you look internationally that's where the issues really come into play is um we've talked about india lots of times lots of our vaccines are made in india Mm -hmm. and they don't have near enough to cover their own people I feel we're privileged because of our wealth. We've discussed this before. We're privileged because of our wealth, because we know a hospital is going to be there for us if we get sick. We're privileged because we have vaccines available to us, frankly, more vaccines than we're even using. Um, It's to the point now where if they're encouraging doctors who can't use a 10-dose vial, if they have a patient in front of them who wants to be vaccinated and they think they might even waste nine of those uh, doses, just go ahead and waste them and get a shot in the arm. Um, that's, that's a pretty privileged place to be where we can waste 10 immuniz- or nine immunizations to get one person uh, immunized. Um, uh, but you look at these, like you look at India, there's, they are just flat turning people away from the hospital at times. They just don't have capacity. Mm-hmm. And so we live in a very insulated culture. It's good for people to get out and travel and see the rest of the world, because that's that's one thing that's pretty eye opening that we are very blessed here, and I feel uh, I feel we're, we're a rich country and we, we shouldn't forget that. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, if you're waxing philosophical, um, we can move we can talk about the the benefits. W- one of the incentives to people would be to give them a benefit from being vaccinated you know there there's a whole um, there's a whole string of research about now people who aren't compelled to get vaccinated because of the arguments for getting vaccinated but if you attach a benefit or you know a lottery ticket or something else to it it gives them an incentive to do it and I, I can't help but think that the vaccine passports that are out there um other countries uh, saying you, you can't come to our country you can't do this that's a that's a significant uh, incentive to somebody to say okay i don't really want it but i'll get it because i get this it, it, the, with the cdc recommendation it's almost like there is no incentive there you know because we can't tell the difference between you who are vaccinated and you who are not, you all get the same benefits unless you get sick.
2: Yeah. And Ohio has started a lottery where you get entered into a lottery for a million dollars as a a weekly prize for $1 million. If you get vaccinated to encourage people in Ohio to get vaccinated. Um, a lot of people have said these stimulus checks should be tied to vaccination mm-hmm. if you are vaccinated you get a stimulus check if you're not you're part of the problem you're part of the reason this economy is not opening and you don't get a stimulus check um we're to the point now uh where uh, th- there's no reason not to get a vaccination anywhere in the u.s besides i don't want it and that's, that's mm-hmm. fine. That's a, a right that you have. But it does cost, there's an economic cost to that, uh, to not being vaccinated. And in the long run, there could be enormous economic implications to not getting a, a large enough uh, percentage of the population vaccinated. Because it, it reaches a point where we're going to be dealing with this for the next 10 years, rather than being done with it. It's a huge economic bur- burden on our economy, mm-hmm. uh, on the U.S. economy, to, to treat this as a joke. Um, I, I told you last week I kind of delved into the conspiracy uh, websites just to see what was being said. Most of them hadn't been updated since 2020. I think, I, I think pretty much all the ideas are being squashed. And if you do even a minimal amount of research on the things that they're posting, you find that it's all fictitious, that it's made up. Um, uh, there, there's e- even one that just came out this past week that the COVID vaccine actually makes r- r- typical coronavirus and typical rhinovirus extremely deadly. Um, complete fiction, but it's put out there and it gets re- it, this one they were just pointing out as an example. It's been reposted 2,000 times, and people are so willing to repost misinformation, and in this information, there's there's not a sense of responsibility. Is this a real thing? And my wife <laughs> used to say, if you look at this, you, you look this up, you can see it's easily see that it's false. This was before COVID. And the person said, well, I think it's good just to put it out there just to be safe. It's not, it's causing damage um, to put this misinformation out there. Um, and so those of you out there who are retweeting things or reposting things without looking up the facts, you're being irresponsible and you're spreading misinformation that is damaging. It's not just well, it's just, just words. It is damaging. And I, I i encourage you, look up look up the facts, get good sources. Um, talk to talk to medical professionals. I was looking at a news article on the people who were entering their kids into these vaccine trials. We're talking three-year-olds. A lot of them are doctors because we looked at the science and we trust it. We're not looking at websites that don't have good sources and willing to put our kids' lives on the line. Um, I didn't get the vaccine before researching it myself, Mm -hmm. and I gave that information to my kids who are 17, 20, and 22 um and i let them decide for themselves where they want to get it um but I, I wouldn't if i thought there was any issue with it i tell them not to get it yeah I
0: agree so would it, would a would a lottery be effective i mean is it effective in ohio i mean it it seems like a, be, if if i'm just kind of going through a basic cost analysis here of you know the projected cost to the medical con- community in the long run just from immediate care to long-haul care down the road a million dollars is nothing compared
2: to what you know potentially the cost to the, the that state would be that's that's what they thought they did a cost analysis on it and figured out how many patients they would take how many people would take to get vaccinated and they said it's really nothing compared to what we're pay- paying for this now if there's going to be any more stimulus checks i think it should be a vaccine bonus you get vaccinated you get a bonus check for a yeah. thousand bucks if you're not vaccinated you don't get the, the check um,
1: I, I read a few articles from i think new jersey was doing a beer for 21 and older i mean different people someone was doing a lottery for flight to an international ticket like alaska air i think was considering something but um it has made a difference for anybody that's on the fence who's just like kind of waiting a little bit longer to see they go in and get it get their vaccine so i think it really does make a difference to have an incentive and it's not a bribe i I read a comment about you know this being a, a the medical community having to bribe people it's not a bribe it's just it's if you look at again like what dr jones said you look at the information you look at the public health benefit of getting the vaccine you look at the safety of the the vaccine compare that to what's happened with the virus it is very clear the science the medicine the data is very clear that is really important for us to get this and if there's any little thing we can do to just make it easier more fun more you know just i mean a lot of alaska's having vaccine clinics at the, the public health is hosting vaccine clinics at you know the farmers markets and places like activities like crab fest which i think is just Wonderful to really make it accessible to people, and you know, give them it, to give them something for getting the vaccine is fun. And we're doing that here. We are not doing, unfortunately, we're not doing that here. We don't have public health on island, and so for any clinic to kind of run what public health does, we have a whole different system process in place, and it's pretty intensive. So I, yeah, unfortunately, but come down to the clinics, it's really easy to get your yeah. vaccine really quickly, anyways.
2: Yeah, somebody <laughs> just talked to me two days ago and was like. You know, I think I'm gonna get a vaccine and I mean how do I do it? I was like, if you call in, I can get you vaccinated today. Yeah, it's it's, it's so that easy. easy. Yeah. So if you're on the fence and not wanting to jump through a bunch of hoops and not sure how long it takes, you can pretty much call any clinic in town and we'll get you vaccinated this week. I can't say today. I don't want to put people under that much pressure, but we'll get you vaccinated by Friday.
0: Yeah, but aren't we, like, lining up? I mean, since we're open for tourism and uh, the promises, come to Alaska, the wide open spaces, and get your shot, too. I mean, are you anticipating a, a surge of people coming here to get vaccines from out of town?
2: I don't know. I kind of wonder if – I think if it were a month ago, we would have had a lot more interest, because maybe it was two months ago, when people were having a tough time finding in the lower forty-eight. Even my kids, we discussed this once when they're getting their second vaccine, we had a hard time finding it in Fairbanks for them. And so I flew them down for their second immunization. And so they, they happened to be here when it when it was available to them for the first one. And so I actually flew them down for the second one. And I, I think availability, maybe I'm super naive about the lower 48, but I think availability is pretty good everywhere now.
1: Yeah, it's increasing significantly. Mm, and I would say, if people are coming in and they have a risk of bringing COVID into our community, I am, and we have availability on vaccines. Let's v- vaccinate anybody who wants it, who could potentially bring COVID in, it's my stance.
0: Okay, I want to want to c- continue on with that, but what um, it's uh, it, it it's almost like I'm gonna wait and see how big the prize will be before I get my shot. You know, I mean, there there is no movement in Alaska to have a lottery to to get somebody to take a vaccine. So now the incentives are, you know, you, you don't get sick, you don't get people in your community sick, and you get you get to go to a country maybe that is going to require a v- proof of vaccine to you. Um, there is a rumor floating around now. This from somebody in town is saying that there's rumors that insurance companies now will deny you coverage if you're unvaccinated and you come down with COVID. That could be the biggest incentive of all.
1: I haven't heard that, but I mean, if I was an insurance company, that would make sense, you know, from a budgetary standpoint. If they, could, they
0: could take whatever reason that they possibly could come up with to deny you coverage. And it would not surprise me if this was something that was true, but I, I don't know if you guys have heard that
2: before. I haven't heard it personally it wouldn't shock me um if they did that their businesses and if it costs them a lot of money when when somebody goes into the hospital for covid it is not cheap um it it costs a lot of money and so it may they may say now we're we're going to require this
0: There's a rumor going around town that if you had a TB shot or had TB, it will kill COVID. I
1: I haven't heard that one, but what do they, what do they mean by a TB shot? Like a a PPD?
2: No, I think an immunization like overseas. That would be my guess. A BCG. Yeah. BCG.
1: I have not heard that. I, I would have to look into the science behind that mechanism of action. Um, but I can't see how that is necessarily in play. I, I had the BCG. I was born overseas and I got COVID I, and there's, I mean, if you look internationally, almost every country, the BCG is required for infants and or children. And I mean, look at India. I don't yeah. know. I don't, I can't see that that's true, but I need to look into it.
2: Okay. Our N of one says that's not true so we've tested one person in this room who had the bcg It has not come up very good matter of fact i'm willing to bet the other two people in the room didn't get the bcg and neither one of us has gotten infected so maybe the bcg causes infections (laughs) Uh (laughs) this is where rumors start right here yeah (laughs) this is where we quash
0: them um uh, they The callers also uh, wanted me to pass along their thanks to you for both for appearing in person, which I would like to thank you for, too. Um, From the basics, though, when are we fully vaccinated?
1: So two weeks after the second dose, if it's a two series vaccine like um, the mRNA, Pfizer and Moderna, and two weeks after a single dose, so Johnson and Johnson, two weeks after the last dose, to make it simple.
0: And is there any information yet about how long the vaccine is expected to to last?
1: So far, it is showing durability for the, you know, we have about a year's worth of information. Very interesting, though, I learned last night on our Echo that the mRNA stimulates T-cell activity from our immune system, the mRNA vaccines, Pfizer and Moderna, and the adenovirus, so AstraZeneca and Johnson & Johnson, stimulate B-cell immunity. So I think it won't be long before we are kind of mixing and matching and really getting kind of that robust immune system response. And so far it looks to be, you know, the immunity is several months out. Um, There might be a need for a third vaccine, you know, a yearly kind of vaccine, We'll, we'll see as that plays out. But I don't think we have the full answer to that question yet.
2: They, they are looking into it, though. We don't yes. know. Um, and it, it was funny. Months ago, they said, well, we know it's good for six months. And then a few months later, we know it's good for nine months. And we'll continue to get that information as we go along. We, you had the discussion last week of somebody who was going in for surgery and didn't have any antibodies to COVID. And I'm guessing probably got the Moderna or Pfizer. Um, and so the question was, are they immune to COVID? I don't know. I mean, I really don't know. The T-cell immunity may be excellent for fighting off the disease. I just don't know what the answer is for how long you remain immune. Uh, We don't have that yet.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's either either an addition or a correction, and I think it's actually a correction because I read this wrong. It wasn't for thanking you for appearing in person. It's for appealing to reason. (laughs) oh lovely Uh, all right so so what do we do now you know um if you've been fully vaccinated the rules are relaxed um but you know there's different rules for other people how do you navigate um what you do you know how do you how do you decide how to interact with your family members how do you interact with people who are not vaccinated how do you open a business and uh, keep rules intact or do we just say everything's open we're going to trust everybody to do what you know is best for them
2: you got to figure out what you're comfortable with um and the truth of the matter is you can't control what other people's actions are all the time. You can't, and you're not gonna know who's vaccinated. Uh, just cause they're not wearing a mask doesn't mean they're vaccinated. And so you gotta figure out what you're comfortable with. What you can control is you. And so if you're, if, if you're vaccinated, you are pretty safe. It's to the point now where they have looked at the data. And they said, even if you spent time with an unvaccinated person who you find out has COVID and neither one of you were wearing masks, you're okay. Mm-hmm. Not ideal, but you're okay. You don't need to quarantine, watch your symptoms, but you're okay. And so you can't control everybody going through, and I don't think we should try. I, 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 I think you. we can encourage, we can uh, cajole. We, we're saying... We don't want to bribe people. I'm okay with bribing people. <laughs> I'm, that's why I say maybe it's not such a bad idea to tie the stimulus check to uh, uh, being vaccinated. Um, w- whatever it takes to encourage people along. Um, but as I've said, the, the whole shame thing doesn't seem to really work real well. It really puts people in a defensive position. So even if I know somebody's not vaccinated and they're walking into Safeway. Uh, without a mask on i'm not going to call them out it's not going to help it's not going to help to divide society even further than Mm -hmm. uh, we already are it's time to bring people together like i keep saying i'm excited for crab fest even if it rains every day i'm excited for crab fest and i'll be down there as much as i can um and so I hope I didn't doom it to raining every day. Yeah, (laughs) It's a pretty safe bet around here. How's your exercise thing going so far? So it starts June 1st. Good. I'm I'm, I'm warming up to it. Continue to encourage people. Million steps over the summer. So June, July, August, if you walk 11,000 steps a day, we'll have a million steps by the end of summer. So for me, that's doubling up what I normally walk.
0: One of our callers from last week sent me a screenshot of his his daily progress, and he
2: was already at well, f- averaging fourteen thousand a day. Wow! Yeah, for some people, it's going to be like, oh, I'd have to cut back to only do a million steps. <laughs> that is not me, and it's interesting. Some people don't realize how much they do. And one of the guys, one of my patients, was I was I've been showing people on their iPhones. You do have a pedometer. And I show them where it's at, and we looked at how many they've been doing. And this guy's been doing 12,000 steps a day on average for the past month. He's like, I had no idea I was doing that much. I'm just walking around fixing things. <laughs> and, <laughs> and some of you may be getting more than you think you're getting. Unfortunately for me, that's not the case. I'm going to I'm gonna have to trend upwards a lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so
0: I didn't hear anything specific about airline travel. Although we'd been told for a long time, you know, no, it's not safe travel yet. But then the relaxation happens last week, and they specifically say, don't do group settings. If you're going to go on public transportation, still wear a mask. Um, and seemingly now the airlines are are starting to book fill up. So is it is it under this new? relaxation is it permissible if you're vaccinated or is it still dissuaded for you to go travel
1: it's permissible if you need to it's still you know with uh, caution and i would still wear a mask on the plane because you're in such close or in the airports especially you're in such close proximity with so many people you just don't know what's out there i would still wear a mask but i think um the with the new cdc guidelines they're saying it's okay to travel and not wear a mask if you're vaccinated
2: yeah except on the airlines they still say gotta wear it on the airlines that has not been (laughs) lifted so don't be surprised if you show up for the your flight and they say you gotta put a mask on and they take it seriously there it's not they're not joking around you get blacklisted if you don't follow the rules on it and you are not allowed to fly it, it is very interesting
1: the biggest thing is you just don't know who's been vaccinated or not so it's easier to just say everybody wear a mask yeah. um in a lot of countries Sweden Denmark um, they're doing vaccine passports on your phone and i think it would it would really be nice to have a way to just know if everyone in a group is vaccinated or not um i, I don't know if that's going to come out in the united states at all but it would <laughs> it would just be helpful to know <laughs> but
0: yeah well it, the the 5% is still you know if it's 5 to 10% of the people who are vaccinated who come into contact with this, this can still contract the disease mm-hmm. there's still a reason why yeah. you would be a little wary for a little while until we actually find out what the numbers are of people who have been vaccinated that have serious repercussions i guess but if um how does it affect like the local businesses that do have you know the bars the restaurants you know um it seems like you want to go back to to normal but the precaution there is don't go into a big group you know you can go outside and do things but anytime you go inside and there's a lot of people around seems like they're still saying even if you're vaccinated that's not a good idea
1: yeah
2: yeah i i'd agree i am and i encourage our local bars and restaurants to make sure you have good ventilation it's a huge part of the spread of this disease if you're not circulating air really well it's a much higher chance of spreading this disease
1: yeah it is it is going to be tricky the unfortunate thing is that the people who are not vaccinated are the ones that are going to get sick and hospitalized from covid more the majority of covid new covid cases are going to be in the unvaccinated population and as a medical provider we care about everybody. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter who you are, where you're coming from. Like, we just want you to be protected and safe, and really implore people to get the vaccine, just so that we know our whole community is safe and we really can get back together. I mean, if everybody in Kodiak was vaccinated, w- nobody would have to worry about going to the bar, or going to a restaurant, going to any you know crab fest or anything at this point. And I, the closer, the sooner we get there, the closer we get to one hundred percent, the better off we are.
0: So. You are in a, a very specific um, business group. Let's put it that way, uh, who may have the ability to tell employees that they cannot work without a vaccine. Not everybody's in that same position, but um, how, if, if that is true, that in in your organizations. Uh, Is it required for people to have a vaccine to be able to continue continue working?
1: We never had to require it at our clinic, but everybody got vaccinated. And it was just, you know, our whole goal in our clinic is to protect our patients, to take care of our patients and protect our patients. So that was the main reason why everybody got it, even people that were kind of hesitant. You know, we just talked through it, talked about it, and um, everyone ended up getting it and it is the right of businesses to require a vaccination they can't you know your employer can say we need these certain criteria from you in order to work here and having a vaccine for covid is one of them so there's a lot of misconception out there that businesses can't you know don't have the right or can't take away other people's rights but it's just voluntary. if you decide to get that job or not you have to follow those criteria
0: but if you're a business that doesn't want to go that step and say uh, I'm not going to require it from you. Use your own common sense to get it or don't get it. What do you do to operate your business safely so that the people who don't get um, the vaccine are protected? I mean, how do you operate yourself? Or do you just say, okay, it's up to you. If you get it, you get it.
1: I think if you have an employee who you know is not vaccinated, doesn't have proof, to continue to have them wear a mask just to protect the customer's. Um, would be wise and prudent i don't know if the state has any i don't think the state has any mandates about that but i think um you know as an employer that is one thing you can do to ensure that your customers are still safe
0: well say you're a bar owner and you know you 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 leave it up to the employee whether or not to be vaccinated or not and do, do you operate the business a little bit differently to try and protect the employee or to try and protect the customers who come in that may not be
2: vaccinated either. Yeah, it's, it's To me, like I said, airflow is a great way of protecting people. If an employee decides not to get vaccinated, I and mean, people have said, well, masks don't protect you, they're kind of right. I mean, they don't necessarily protect you unless you're wearing N95s, and then they are pretty effective because... I've been in rooms with very sick people all winter long and have not contracted uh, COVID uh, because I'm protecting myself. But most of the typical masks that we're wearing aren't great at protecting you from viruses. They're made for protecting the people around you and keep you from spreading it unknowingly to other people. And so unless the employee decides to wear an N95 mask, which if they're not getting their vaccine, they probably don't believe in masks either. Um, It seems to be go hand in hand. Um, I I don't know what you do besides airflow. That's that's a a huge factor is is just the circulation of air. That's why airlines are actually fairly safe. You got a lot of people jammed into a very small space, Mm -hmm. but they're pretty safe because the airflow through an airplane is actually very, the turnover is very rapid. And so it has been shown to be pretty safe to fly. Probably the airport terminals are more dangerous than the airplanes themselves, even though we don't sit that close typically in the airport terminal. Um, So that's about the only things you can do.
1: Employers could uh, incentivize their workers to get vaccinated or their customers as well. If you show us your vaccine card, you get, you know, something I don't know a free beer <laughs> <laughs> although yes yeah, so that would have to be a one-time thing <laughs> but, but, at the health
0: food store yeah I mean there
1: is there is more I think there's a lot of fun things we can do there's a lot of really really creative ideas that people are doing to kind of incentivize our community to get vaccinated and some, I think yeah it, it can work it can, every little bit can help
0: so you're a small shop let's say and you don't have great airflow I mean how do you how do you conduct your business do you say I'm not gonna require anybody to have masks anymore. Come on in and we can have 25 people in a small space.
1: I would continue to ask people to wear a mask if you know they're not vaccinated or, or just have that blanket policy until we're really, I mean, we're not out of the woods yet as we have seen in Ketchikan and seen globally. So until we really are, I mean, if I was a business owner, I would still ask people to wear a mask and um, if, you know, if they showed me their vaccine card, an official card, then, and they were the only one in the store, maybe you know, relax the, but kind of do it. It's hard to do it on a case by case basis when you're a business, but I think yeah, approaching it using the science could kind of make a hybrid, depending on what your business is like. Yeah.
2: It's, a, it's a tough one because I mean, I work with the Kodiak Baptist Mission. They've been very conscientious about. Uh, their kids programs um, because you can't you can't immunize the young kids and that's well a large portion of the population they c- take care of and so they are asking their employees to get immunized or to wear a mask and it's pretty unpopular at times <laughs> to the point where people have left um, uh, but I think it's a way of being responsible of just saying, we we, we've taken on the responsibility of taking care of people's kids and part of that responsibility is making sure they're in a safe environment and so they have required that either get immunized or you're going to wear a mask when you're around the kids and not always popular
0: so summer is looking like it's going back to sort of normal
2: yeah and we are still trying to keep kids in and kind of the same group of kids together throughout the day um, so that they r- run in a herd, basically, their various own herds. Uh, and uh, we're not requiring the kids to wear a mask, uh, but we are asking our employees to get vaccinated. And uh, I'm part of the board, so when I say we, um, and they are, uh, they are requiring that if you're not going to immunized, wear a mask. Um, it, it's just one of those things that we've got to protect those who we can't mm-hmm. give immunizations to.
1: Especially the kids and especially with B117 affecting kids more than the wild type. So I think, yeah, that makes sense, especially if you're working with children.
0: We have not gotten a verification that that's
2: in our community yet, right?
1: Correct, we do not know. It's, there's very few cases in the state of Alaska.
2: I, I do don't know? know that. Have we tested any individual ones? Have we tried to tease out whether we have variants in Kodiak?
1: Apparently, the last information I got was from a couple weeks ago. We do occasionally send out samples, and I don't know how they're selected. I don't know if they go to the – I think if they go to the state lab, which we've been sending everything to Quest in Seattle, um, then they get sent to Fairbanks. But it's a university lab and not clinical labs, so the data is not published as clinical data for us to use, you know, to make clinical decisions with. So the – no we don't know yet i wish we had more information from our communities that would be helpful
2: but the b- big thing is you know coming back to it even we were talking about like the india variants there's more than one there now there, and and the double variant in mm-hmm. india the immunization is still good against those yes. um the, but we talked about a little bit last week that the like the south african variant the experience on the ground was, it seemed to infect people who had wild type COVID just as well as the people who had never had it. And so just saying, oh, I had COVID so I'm immune might not be that great. And so even if you had COVID, really think about getting the immunization. Um, I, I thought you'd have a pretty wild, frankly, reaction to the vaccine. If you'd already had COVID, I thought you'd be a really strong reaction. Apparently, that's not really the case. It seems like you're like everybody else where you get a sore arm and maybe you feel lousy the day after. Um, But I haven't heard of any really strong reactions personally to the immunization, even among people who had COVID already.
1: I agree. Yeah.
0: So it sounds like you've actually done a little bit more reading about uh, mixing and matching. So that question has come up again, from somebody who, you know, is in an older population that says, you yeah, know, if it's available to me, why can't I take a Johnson and Johnson shot?
2: Yeah. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't mix. I, I, it wouldn't be helpful to mix a Moderna and a Pfizer, to me. They're virtually identical. Um, mixing a Johnson and Johnson with a Moderna might be helpful I and mean, just what you're talking about that one seems to trigger T cells and one seems to trigger uh, antibodies who knows you know maybe getting three shots will be the future where you get a couple mRNA and then a traditional adenovirus uh, vaccine that, that Johnson and Johnson is and that might give you a great immunization but frankly what we got right now is pretty great even if you just do the Moderna or the Pfizer it's, it's really good and so m- much better than I would have anticipated yeah. when we we're first t- starting to talk about vaccines. In my mind, 65 to 70% would be awesome. Yeah. And we're close, we're into the 90%. So that's, it's a really good vaccine.
0: Well, let's say, you know, you're going to Europe or you're going to India, you know, and you've got the two, or you, you have your, your two Pfizer shots. <laughs> what? Would it be a? And you know, if you're super cautious about it, would there be any prohibition against you going saying, give, "Give me more. I want more." I mean, are you going to get a re- adverse reaction to having more than the the dose that's uh, recommended?
1: That science is still being investigated. Uh, I don't think we have a good answer to it yet. Um, you know, more is not always better, but it really depends on. I mean we'll have to kind of see what happens after that third vaccine, how much of a booster. There is is a new study that came out. AstraZeneca is doing a third shot, and they say the boost effect after that is really significant, and and that is yet to be published, but kind of in the works right now. So once we have the data, I think having really the data to to make the recommendation is important. Um, We could theorize, but we don't necessarily know. Also, real quick, we actually got the information. There is a 10% reinfection rate after, at least 10% after having COVID. So people who have had the COVID virus have a 10 or more percent chance of getting a reinfection with COVID. And that is people who get sick with COVID the second time. So it might be 10 to 20% and a lot of people get it again and are just asymptomatic or mildly symptomatic. Um, That was interesting to me. So the vaccines are actually more effective than having the infection once yeah so if even if you've had covid virus before go ahead and get your vaccine again you'll just be more like better boosted
0: well it's interesting to me that the last last week you said that the the dose for the 12 year olds is the same dose as for an adult and it, it doesn't make any sense other than me not understanding the science of how it actually works um but it it does seem to me that if you have an older population or a compromised population or an overweight population or something like that, that more wouldn't
2: create a better response.
1: Are you talk about more more of, a, dosage, of yeah. a dose in each one?
2: Or are you talking about adding a third one? Adding a third one, yeah. Or- so I, I, I think you're probably right. I think it probably would add a little benefit. Um, but I, I couldn't tell. Shooting from the hip, I feel like, yeah, if you mix Moderna with Johnson & Johnson, you'd probably have a little better in, uh, immunity than ones individually. I just don't know. If well, yeah, I mean, some tested. of us
0: are, are reluctant to get the vaccine in the first place, but some of us are. You know, willing lab rats, and, yeah. <laughs> and want to take whatever we can to prevent this from hitting us.
1: If it's recommended again, you know, this fall or winter, I'll take it again. Well, no. yeah.
2: Yeah, I think I'd probably take a sec. Uh, you know, if they said they'll, I, I'd have to think about it, but I'd probably take the Johnson and Johnson if they really felt like it added a lot of immunity. But to be honest, ninety-four percent effective is probably good enough for me. It's pretty good. <laughs> I almost want to see how long this one's going to last before I start thinking about adding to it.
0: When do you know when it runs out?
2: Didn't you get the stopwatch? <laughs> <laughs> you must have missed that one. Uh, we don't know. I, and That's what we we're saying. Where they're, they're releasing updates as we get far away, farther away from the initial testing. Uh, every few months they'll say, well, we know it's good for this long at this percentage. Um, uh, does it wane with time? I think... Probably, um, may be confer lifelong immunity, probably to a limited amount, but we don't know how quickly that immunity fades. There's some immunizations you got as kids that we've never gotten re-immunized for. Um, could it be like that? Possibly. I don't know yet.
1: Only time will tell the answer to that question.
0: Well, there you are. There's a reason to ha- keep having the show. <laughs> 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 well, it's been a splendid hour and a half almost so uh thanks for your time nice seeing your faces and uh we will be back talk to you some more and in, someday in the future all right sounds good thank you all right thanks. you guys have a good week